If you haven't gone to www.nttfgpod.com, liked, subscribed, and left a comment, well, then what the fuck are you doing? I'm Penis Joseph Jackson Johnson. And I'm Archie. Well, our opinions, eh, they might not matter to some, but... What are you doing in there? It's a podcast. Immature. Crash. Trashy. And those are their good qualities. These poor schmucks are a couple of IQ points away from eating paste. But when it comes to music, sports, and comedy, well, that's all they know. You're listening to Not These Two Fucking Guys. Not These Two Fucking Guys podcast. So, a couple things I wanted to discuss. One. Oh, fuck. Corey Taylor has a new uh, solo album coming out. Yes. So MFT. I wanted to see who these dudes were in the video, and I really didn't know them, and shame on me for not knowing a couple. But I know Christian Martucci from Stone Sour is in the band. As he calls them, the Touche. All right. So there's a a dude on bass. You won't remember this. Actually, you might. We met him real quick. We said hello to him. We were... uh, we were on Shiprocked. Okay. We took a ferry or a little boat to the island in the Bahamas, and he was sitting next to LJ. The first day? No, the- no, 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 not the first day. That was the one where... Okay. The third... No, maybe the third day. No, that was the one that, like, Lejean was next to us. Yes, Lejean, his Love. wife. <laughs> and we walked in, and we said hello to the Tooch. There you go. He was sitting and chilling. Um. So there's a couple dudes in his band. Jason... Christopher. Never trust a man with two first names. I think he played with him like some acoustic stuff maybe some years ago. I know he, uh, from looking him up, he played with, I think, Prong Ministry, mm. Sebastian Bach. So then there was this dude, uh, Zach Throne. Do we do we know him uh, on guitar? I do not. Music group Bow Wow Wow. <laughs> Can't say I doesn't know him there, Jason. Okay. Well, here comes the kicker. Are you ready? Yeah. There's a guy by the name of, which I did not know, this guy. Haywood Jablomi. Dustin Schoenhofer. Bless you. On drums. I'm like, all right, let's look this guy up. DS on drums? First article that comes up. Walls of Jericho drummer Dustin Schoenhofer busted with 630 pounds of pot. (laughs) Listen, it wasn't 700 pounds, okay? Cut the guy a fucking break. 630 pounds of pot. Stop being so suburban. Now, you know, I can smoke with the best of them, but hey. And you have. Um, 630 pounds of pot. <laughs> a lot of fucking pot. Listen, who knows? Maybe he was having a party. Maybe he was going on vacation. Maybe, <laughs> and just maybe, hear me out here. Okay. He was going to individually bag it up and sell it. <laughs> We don't know. But who in the motherfuck are we to judge? Especially, Very true. Especially you. The, the one article it had in quotes, he said, um, who am I? I just had five of the Wu-Tang members coming for the weekend. There you go. <laughs> so I feel like you're a, a tad bit of a hypocrite talking about this dude with 630 pounds of pot, right? Because well, I feel... Why do you say? I feel like you have a couple of... Uh, marijuana stories that uh, may have happened to you. 
<laughs> Gentlemen, welcome to Storytime with Jason. <laughs> Take it away, Jay. All right. Well, I do have a, a couple of a uh, couple of fuck ups, but one, one stands out. That was pretty, pretty like, dude. Is this kid on pot? <laughs> I'm 20 years old, and so 40 years ago. Go ahead. Oh God, I'm 20 years old. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm meeting this girl's her parents for the first time. Definitely. So, experience right so now i'm meeting her for the first time meeting them for the first time and this is how it goes the uh, my girlfriend at the time she knows i'm high and it's fine she's cool with it so she goes come on in now first of all he's in bayonne so bayonne is just fucking bayonne sucks no offense to people in bayonne out there if you're listening but I think people in Bayonne know Bayonne. Bu- I, I, I'm going to say our buddy Sean Morton is going to be a little fucking upset with you. <laughs> he knows Bayonne sucks. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm in the house. I'll never forget this. Wooden floors, but like creaky wooden floors. And she, uh, there's a sliding screen door to like the side of the house that leads out to a deck, and then the deck. It's like a little wraparound, and then it leads out. I think they had a pool. I think there was. A, I think it was a pool, but then there was like a little deck back there. So now, twenty years old. So what was big twenty years ago? I, I remember watching a Biggie video. I'm in her house. She's like, Arch, come out this way, and I was like, All right. And I remember looking at like a, a notorious Big video, and I was like, Oh shit, this is fat. I was like, I, I was watching a video. And I was like, all right. Uh, and But then, like, in my head, I'm like, all right, I got to meet the parents. What the fuck happens? She closed the screen door. I take five steps, and I just Herman Munstered my way right through the fucking screen door. I never in my life. Just imagine you're the parents, and you're like, oh, I'm going to meet my daughter's boyfriend for the first time, and he comes barreling down my door, <laughs> knocking out my screen door, walking out to my deck. Oh, dude. So proud. I remember I walked out. I knocked the door down. Like, I, I literally walked the door down, and I was just like, oh, my God. Yo, my girlfriend laughing, laughing. She's laughing at me because she knows I'm stoned, and I'm just like, "How the fuck am I going?" And I'm like, "How? How do you?" What? Sorry. You say my, just kidding. My B. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is definitely one memorable pot story. Arch, I am so fucking excited about this guest, right? As you should be. And it would take me less time right now to tell you all the things he doesn't do or hasn't done (laughs) than it would to all the things that he does. 
skateboarder, mixed martial artist, singer, actor, author, truck racer, boxer, <laughs> fucking host, the Jason Ellis Show on Sirius XM Faction Talk. Jason Ellis, wow. what's up, brother? Uh, hey, how's it going? That's that's not all true, but sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it did sound good, didn't it? Does sound real good. First off, how are you and your family during this? Obviously. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's um, very lucky. Both their mom and dad still have their jobs. Everything's okay. That's awesome, brother. Awesome. How's the Um, knee holding up, dude? It's a fucking nightmare. Is it? It's annoying as fuck. I got like another click in it now so I can bend it more, but I worked out yesterday really hard for the first time and that just made it ache all night. So I don't really sleep that much. Gotcha. It's like, uh, I don't want to do painkillers, so I fucking drink way more. I don't really want to drink. Man, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> if you could see this, we got a little tequila for each podcast. That's how we roll a little bit. Yeah, hey, I should do a whiskey. <laughs> do a whiskey. Come on. Yeah. Well, I did see you on uh, social media. I mean, good luck with the rehab, you know? I mean, that, that, oh, that's, it's going to work. It's going yeah. to work. It's going to be better than it's ever been in a long time. I've had, like, no ligaments in there for the longest time from skateboarding and then having it broken in fighting. It's going to be way better than it than it's been in ten years. Good, good to hear. Wish I could say the same thing about my fucking back, but yes, very good to hear. So let me ask you this. Yes. Um, I know you obviously you started out skateboarding. You know we've been a fan of yours for a long time. Been listening to you on SiriusXM since '05. You know heard your heard your show. It was like way different than back then for sure. Anything that was on you know satellite radio which was much terrestrial radio. How was the transition between like being a professional skateboarder? I know you, you know, you competed and then becoming, you know, like a, a personality, if you would. Um, man, a personality. I don't know about that. I'm, I mean, it's just on such a small scale that, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a personality. I would say that, um, like the freedoms of being a professional skateboarder is there's nothing that's going to match that, but it's let there's like a, it seems like I'm more important on the radio. Like people seem to have felt like I've moved their lives in a, in a positive way to the point where, you know, they they think, you know, I mean, like they they owe me something. Like I, you know, I mean, like I I helped them. But I I just did the radio. Seems like it's more se- like it's more of a serious fan. Like every now and then in skateboarding, someone was like, dude. You know that body job was fucking insane, but and people look at me like from the radio, like uh, like I'm, uh, you know, like I'm famous. Like they freak out. They're like, "Holy shit, you're fucking so and so!" And I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" It's, <laughs> it's not. You know, I mean, it's not like I I didn't save yeah. anybody's life or anything. I don't know. It's just so it's a it's a weird thing. But the other part is radio means that you're you're on a corporate company and you have like all these people that kind of. The bigger you get, the more they have their fingers in you and you and you kind of controlled. And in skateboarding, nobody controls you at all, you know? And that you you don't you take that for granted until you realize that at one point you got paid to fucking ride your skateboard around the yeah. world. And and it's unmatchable for a job to me, there'll be nothing that'll ever be as amazing as that. So as far as skateboarding and being a, uh, a I know a racer, a uh, disc jockey, do you still get the same 
type of adrenaline rush when you got somebody like, say, uh, Manson, Marilyn Manson comes into your studio and you're about to interview this guy or somebody really big. Is it equivalent to you making that huge jump off the half pipe or or you're, you're about to do that shit in front of a crowd at, at, at the X Games or something like that? Like, is there different adrenalines there? Yeah. Um, I mean, before an interview, I don't really like that feeling at all. Uh, <laughs> gotta think of shit. <laughs> I just don't. I feel like, especially if it's somebody that might not be the most charismatic, but they're really famous. So that means like it would be really good right now if I could do something amazing while they are in the room. And I don't know yeah. what the fuck I'm gonna do. I don't have shit planned out. But if it ever goes really well, then I would say that there's like a, a, a adrenaline rush that it went well that would be similar to making a skateboard trick. Mm-hmm. You can't get hurt. There's no, there's no <laughs> matching of adrenaline rush. Thank you. There's no matching of adrenaline rush of then I'm going to die and then you don't. <laughs> Gotcha. There's nothing that beats that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. My wife just got me one. I, mean, I, I, think, so. I think. Ooh, very nice. Salut. What is that right there? It's whiskey with a fucking okay. frozen. She put one of those frozen rocks in it. <laughs> well, enjoy. Well, Rocco and I, a couple minutes before we have you, anybody, you know, a guest on, we get that little bit of like, you know, what, like what's going to happen? Are we going to have dead air Dave? Do I got to pull teeth or, you know, it, it's because him and I have a have a have a band and we, 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 we get on stage quite often. Not now, but uh, and it's, a, it's almost like the same adrenaline, like we're almost there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right before we hit the stage. Because no, so it means everything to you. When it means yeah. a lot, you know, it's like sparring and then a real fight. I mean, adrenaline of a real fight. I spar people that are better than the people I've really fought. And I'm not really that nervous, but in a real fight, I'm very nervous because yeah. it's it's showtime, you know? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, like what you said was, you know, people listen to you and, and, and like, oh, my God, you're they, they you're famous. And, and I think it's because like, I'm, it's because you're consistent. They hear you every day, you know, and they hear your stories and they hear you talk and they kind of get to know you. So that they do know you because you're putting yourself out there on yeah. this medium, which is radio. And I think, I think that is what gets the average person. You know what I mean? Like, you, like, and again, like I said, back in 05, 06, I started listening to you and, 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 and it's, Wow, this is very different than what I've heard on radio. Yeah, well, I didn't listen to radio, so I didn't have much to copy. <laughs> but I know things are. I think things are tra- transitioning into people don't really care about somebody being that honest anymore. They'd rather get fluffed up with some bullshit again. But um, I have. I, I just. I, I feel like everybody's always told me some bullshit. Everybody's always given me not the whole story my whole life and i just feel like as a person that's felt like death has chased them several times i'm not i'm not disappearing without telling you the whole story like yeah. and if you want to make fun of me for the mistakes i don't i can live with that i really can i really don't mind if you think that i'm a complete loser for you know sucking a dick, drinking too much. I don't fucking care. I really yeah. don't care. It's my life. And before, like, if the gun's to my head, everyone's going to hear what I have to say before it goes bang. Everybody. Yeah. And if people like it, then I just feel like, okay, now there's something that's very lucky, you know? 
because it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's borderline just annoying scrambling. <laughs> Some people get, get connected to it, and now it's a job. I mean, it's a fucking job that's so much better than any other job. You know, I mean, besides being a skateboarder, which is not a real job, but I'm just. It's so well, good to have the gig, you know? To almost piggyback, Rocco, I just want to say that I, I, what I, I commend you for is that you, 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 you don't hold anything back. I couldn't. Some shit that... <laughs> That's the other thing. I feel like if you hired me tomorrow to be on CNN, I'd be fired in an hour. You know, I'd be like, yeah. fucking, you should have seen this chick I saw last night. Then be like, they'd be like, whoa, whoa. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't not end up saying what I did last night. It's not, I mean, it's not, I don't ever go, oh man, I can't wait to tell everybody about this dude that wanted to like lick my butt while I farted. Yeah. I don't, that just happens. And then I go, that's so weird that I should tell somebody. And then I yeah, yeah, yeah. afterwards. From a, from a, from a, actually like a, an audio nerd per- point of view. Now, from what I heard that like Tony Hawk got you like the gig almost like coming into radio at one point. Yeah. Now l- looking at some of your videos, like I see you working the board. I see you working the computer. I see you, you know, doing some behind the scenes. Where, where was that taught? Like, were you learned that right away? Like, did you, were you taught that right away? Did that come to you right away? Well, I got, well, Tony asked me to be on his show as like a comedy guy and he got Jesse Fritch to be the music guy. So I don't know how that works, but Tony was like, trust me, Jason's funny. And he even said to Sirius, you might even want to hire this guy. I think he's a natural talent when it comes to talking. I had no idea of this. Yeah. So I do the Tony show and some of the executives were there and they were like, who the fuck is this guy? He's really good. And I could tell, like, they were talking while I was talking in the back out of the office. Okay. And I could tell it was about me. And I'm like, why are they, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. That's when they were like, you know, if you want to be a DJ, we would offer you that. And I knew skateboarding was like, I was not on the way up at all. It was, it was looking bad. So I was like, yeah, I'm willing to, to risk that. But then when I got there, it was your, it was the, I was the only person who didn't do recorded drops i did the i was the only person that did radio when i was a dj i really did the break live and then i played the fucking song like it was like it was in the 60s like i was a (laughs) real spinning dj gotcha and it was so that and being there for hours meant i could take phone calls but will was the guy that just said he at first he ran the board until he was like look at me do it and then i think it was more I just run on, um, I, if, if I copy something for a little bit, I can do it, no problem. So I just copied the way Will had the, ran the board, like watching him where the buttons stay. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. as I progressed, I started to realize where some of those other buttons that I hadn't touched, what do they do? That's but once cool. I just got the main ones, like the four, the, you mean the line, the phones, it's common sense, man. Like you just yeah. see the lines and the numbers, like it's not that difficult. I think it was more difficult to read than to. <laughs> well, I tell you what. I mean, people like sometimes people look. I don't want to say down, but they look different than people who like do podcasts and stuff like that. Because you didn't go to audio broadcast school. You didn't. You didn't yeah. do that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, yeah that's weird that you guys good. get that because it's already passed. Like Howard Stern and and myself and all these other people. That I mean, it, that's what podcasting is. It's unprof- unprofessional opinions. Yeah. Sure. 
what I am. You know what I mean? The only difference is, is I played music. We didn't go to commercial. I didn't do reads. That was the thing that I think I missed the most. Like if I had it my way, I would totally go back to being on a music channel and not be on a channel with these other people. No offense to them, but yeah, I just thought, you can't play music. I can. I could fucking I could do I could go fuck you fuck this and here's fucking Sinead O'Connor, fuck you and there'd be no legal like if I had a cha- music channel, I could yeah. do that and I know the demographic they would appreciate that way more than hey don't forget to brush your teeth with this fucking toothbrush like yeah of course it's, but it's but it's that's what happens the show's good everyone starts listening and then you get put on the you know what I mean sell your shit no I hear you gotcha. Everybody got more money, so it did work. When they said, if you do it, everybody will get more money, everybody got more money. And what bottom you, line, you got you to support the family. So I got Everybody's you. family, not just mine. Like, what, keep it real and fuck Tully over? No. Yeah. You know I mean, keep it real. I mean, they haven't given Kevin what he deserves, but I still believe play the game and everybody on the team will eventually get what they deserve, you know? Yeah. What do you think built your following? I personally think it's your honesty and not being afraid to talk about any subject, no matter what it is, and, you know, being genuine. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's that. And, and uh, you know, you're talking to a demographic where I think the original people that, that listened are, you know, a little bit in between. They are hardworking, you know what I mean? Also liked, uh, I mean, it's, it's the kind of guy you liked action sports, you liked moto, you know, you were a little bit off, you weren't on the mainstream, you know? And now you've got a kid or, you know what I mean? You've got it, now you're in the business because you, you know, you had to fucking grow up like I did. So yeah. people are like, man, he's talking like, just like how I fucking talk to my guy. He's just, this guy's, <laughs> you know, this guy's just the sketchiest, most entertaining guy in the garage. That's really all it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is another reason why I cannot lie. I accidentally, people, I owe it to you. Like I said, this job, it's very fortunate. So if everyone thinks I love it because he doesn't bullshit, well then I can never, I can never bullshit. The only thing I can do for corporate reasons is not talk about things sometimes. That's what I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your brain automatically goes, eh. I can't make a left right here, but let me go straight. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you a lie. I'm just not going to tell you anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So talk to me. I mean, I mean, because I'm I'm obviously a huge uh, MMA fan. Talk to me how you got into MMA. I know I tr- you t- you trained at Team Quest, um, and that was you know obviously a passion of yours. H- how did you get into it? Carrie Hart's wedding. Was that right? I went to Carrie Hart's wedding, and I was at the airport. And I saw Kit Cope at the airport and I was like, that guy's an MMA fighter. And I was watching um, on YouTube, I was watching Bob the Beast Zap, Zap fight Ernesto Hoost. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I befriended Kit in the airport. And then on the island for Pink and Kerry's wedding, I hung out with him the whole time, talked to him about that fight. And he was like, you should learn how to fight. And then when I got back to San Diego, I got his number and I would drive to Vegas. He lived in Vegas and I would drive to Vegas on the weekends by myself. And I trained with him and Gina Carano because he was going out with Gina Carano. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so that Gina Carano taught me how to jump rope. Kit taught me how to kick a heavy bag, how to throw a jab, like basic stuff. And then from 
you know, even doing like Muay Thai stance shit, like because he was teaching me how to do stupid, st- yeah, whatever. I was just desperate to learn any of it. I had definitely got the bug immediately. To drive to Vegas that much was ridiculous. Um, and then I moved to Temecula, and I I broke my wrist. Yeah, I broke my wrist skateboarding, and I had to go see this hand surgeon mm. and the hand surgeon was like, Hey, Jason, you're a pro skateboarder. You like fighters. Right. And I was like, yeah, I watched some fighting. He's like, do you know who Dan Henderson is? And I was like, of course I know Dan. Cause I had also watched the pride fight where he knocked out Vandalay in pride. No, oh, yeah. I, I know him to be a fucking nutcase. And I go, <laughs> fuck yeah, I know Dan Henderson. And the doctor goes, oh, I, I just fixed his shoulder or some shit. I don't know. Come meet him. So then I go meet Dan Henderson and Dan's like, yeah, you should come to the gym, you know, and fucking hang out. And I was like, yeah, cool. So I go to Team Quest. I don't know what Team Quest is. I got no idea. It's down the road from my house. And then I go there and start training. And then um, Ryan Parsons, who's who was uh, Dan Henderson's main coach at the gym, he just was like, uh, hey, man, you skate, right? And I was like, yep. And he just, he liked me and was like, why don't you train with the team? And and he was like, could you teach me how to skate? I'll teach you how to fight. So then King Mo Lawal and... and uh, who else? Like, like big, like dudes that I had no idea were that are in the UFC. Dan Henderson, Sokaju, like uh, you know, all these guys that were animals. Even um, um, like Mayhem and uh, and Gabe Rudiger. Like Gabe yeah. Rudiger was on the team. So all these dudes I trained with, and I was not in the weekend warrior class. Every time I went, I was in the team quest team training so sprints all the shit that they went through sparring i was in there with like three weeks of mma under my belt but they were all so nice to me and then that's just what happens when you're a person like me dude you get involved in something like that and you get that excited about it like what what okay i'm a dude that's been competing in skateboarding my whole life like and now i find mma in my 30s you don't think i'm gonna have a fucking pro fight like of course i'm gonna have a pro fight you're yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about all their war stories cutting weight and fucking i almost died and then i killed you know what i mean they're making they're making it sound so fucking glorious you know what i mean I, i'm like i gotta do it and i think i was already trying to i was already trying to have a fight within three months of training like it was pretty pathetic my knowledge <laughs> so, scrapping. around around circa like what year is are, are we talking about here uh devin's 15 so uh 16 17 years ago okay so you still have so the, so there, there were still like i mean i was a team quest when dan hennison fought anderson silver i vibed anderson silver in sirius xm new york because i was i had a team quest shirt on and when they asked um, for a group photo i said i didn't want one and I was like, yeah, motherfucker, that's right. Like, that's how <laughs> hardcore I was, dude. <laughs> so that, uh, so like, like you said, uh, Sokaju, and like, I, I remember that time period. And that was actually a, a great period for MMA. I think uh, maybe I don't know if you had any interaction, but the, I think Chael Sonnen was at that at Team Quest at that time. No, no Chael was in the other. He wasn't in Temecula. Oh, he was God, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Matt Matt Lindland was at the other one. And this one was Dan Henderson. Gotcha. And you had mentioned Mayhem Miller. Um, obviously, he he was he was one of the fighters I looked up to, like 
coming up. And I remember like he was always on, he, he seemed to, when I listened to you back in the day, like oh five oh six on the radio on your show a lot. You still talk to him? <coughs> Not anymore, actually. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's like his personal thing that I'd, <laughs> I can't, I don't know. I don't want to look well, like, you know what? I, I tried to get, I want, I gave this dude a second chance when I would never give anybody a chance like that for touching a lady. I don't give a fuck what drugs, what she said. I don't give a fuck. Touch a chick. You're out to me. Sure. And I don't know. I don't want to say that he is or he isn't. I, I'm just my feelings are that he is not entirely sober, and I believe that that's not fair to. I just don't want to be around that. I am. Uh, I don't think that he's the kind of person that that should be on any uh, brain medication drugs that, or unless they're like trying to keep him on the straight and narrow. Yeah, 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 for but sure. You love him. Just don't think he's doing the best for himself. He definitely had a he definitely had a a, a, a tough go over for sure. But but totally, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you mentioned Carrie Hart, right? Yeah. I I was uh I would say I was in I was in Vegas one Fourth of July weekend, and I was uh, not backstage <laughs> was at some rock and roll club, and uh, he was there. You had Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, you had Audrina Partridge, and I would I happened to let's say I made my way sides stage to hang around the velvet rope i'm talking to this dude i'm like hey how you doing my name's archie you know he's like oh, he's like yo nice sleeve man i was like hey thanks I, i'm from new jersey i go uh the tattoos uh, is from starlight tattoo i go oh nice tattoos who are you he, he fucking looked at me like <laughs> you don't know who i am <laughs> i was carrie yeah. no. so my boy's like bro that's carrie hart i was like i don't fucking know who he is <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know who he was. You're probably stoned. Yeah, I was probably stoned. He doesn't seem like a guy that really cares about that stuff. Maybe there was a younger Carrie that did, but, but he's he was, I don't think he's yeah, like that. Nah, he, he, he was a good guy. He was a cool guy. So talk to me about... Uh, you played some music. Shit. Yeah, it, <laughs> that might be the best name for a band I ever fucking heard of. What? Taint, that Taint Stick? Yeah, it was Tony Hawk's Taint Stick, but... Uh, it, the, the the band got too big and we had to get Tony's name out of there. <laughs> <laughs> what type of music is that? I love it. I love it. Um, it was supposed to be metal and then, then it turned into like, uh, you know, Death, Death, Die started doing any genre we felt like it. Just like uh-huh. we're making fun of everybody so it didn't really matter. Look, the main thing was... <laughs> I was a DJ and I was playing punk music that sucked. It was fucking basic shit that I could do. And people okay. were like, no, you couldn't. And I was like, you want to fucking bet? Listen to this. And then I made Apple All Juice. Right. And it was just as good as some stupid ass pop punk song. Nobody would know the difference whether you liked it more or you didn't. It was just on the level of that shit. And I was like, there you go. And everyone was like, man, that was awesome. You know, why don't you do more? And then Sirius XM hated it. Okay. There's this one boss. That's right. There was this one boss ahead of Will that hated it. And I didn't like him because apparently he was mean to Will. I didn't see it firsthand, but I heard that. So on behalf of Will, I was like, fuck that guy. And then that guy <laughs> said, hey, Jay, tell Jason to stop playing that music unless it's um, either it's not yes it wasn't the same music that we play on the channel and if you want to play your shit like uh, make it's got to be at least topical and I was like topical and that's when yeah. I made um, shoot a load on your face and the lyrics <laughs> are about what was in the news 
And then the, the, the hook is, but why can't I just shoot a load on your face? Oh, my so aunt's more, It was more, yeah. I was trying to say a lot of pop bands suck. And I was also trying to say, don't tell me what to do, Sirius XM. And I was also just trying to say, you know what I mean? Fuck, fuck you in general. Fuck everybody, you know? Because <laughs> I proved a well, point. It's factual. We were on the Billboard charts. We had record deals. We got yeah. fucking money from being a band that was making fun of being in a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I fucking hate pop punk. And I'm I'm more of like, if, I, if I'm listening to that genre, I'm more of like a Ramones, LaClash, like that type of kind of Look, older. I feel like if you like it, I don't care. If you like it, that's yeah. great. It was just my sarcastic jokes like i hate sketchers i don't really want sketchers to die i just feel like it's fun to make fun of stupid sneakers That's it. <laughs> very true very true let me ask a question what kind of music are you into uh, i'm going to soul music and salsa music these days i listen to like really? tons of it man like all day like if i work out it's usually to um james brownie kind of stuff or uh, maybe like kind of funky stuff. I'll go. What have I got on there? You know, I just found. I just found. Um, I didn't even know this, man. Have you ever heard of uh, Betty Davis, but not the actress? No. <laughs> Dude, no. Betty Davis. There you go. Her shit is sick. Yeah. All right. It's like look, funky shit. It's more my lifestyle these days. It's kind of where I'm at. I'm in the pool, getting funky, maybe throwing a couple punches, lifting a kettlebell. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm almost 50, man. I got to fucking get, get cruising. Well, speaking of almost 50, now you've done so much up until, what are you, like 47, 48? You've done so much up until now. Is there anything that you would like to do before you're 50? Um, Something you haven't done yet. Well, I want to have another MMA fight. Okay. And then... Um, Depending on how that goes, I probably have a kickboxing fight or a boxing fight. There's a couple of things I want. I want to do a 540 on my 50th birthday, so I got to keep my skate shit back up on that. Um, yeah, when it comes to the goals now, it's like there's not enough money for me to be a race car driver. So I, yeah. I did buy a drift car. So when all this shit ends, I'll be able to go to a drift track every now and then. But I don't really, you know, like the doing some stunts here and there is it's just more of um this whole pandemic shuts that down like what am i yeah. gonna do next i don't know do i have a fucking job in a month like i gotta yeah. do that. it comes up in the next two weeks and we're in a pandemic yeah <laughs> they can say whatever they want and that's the other thing they know i'm i like i can say whatever i want <laughs> like if i don't like it i could be like i don't fucking like it either yeah. Fuck you guys. Like, uh, you know, it, so I'm, that stresses me the fuck out. So to be honest, I know that I got this knee surgery so that I could skateboard again, ride moto again, uh, and fight again. That's what I got it for. So I know those are going to happen, but I have no idea about the rest. Well, what's an adrenaline junkie? Always an adrenaline junkie. I was going to say, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. you know. Once you just the, the sooner you understand that, the sooner you can get on with figuring out what it is next you're going to do. That is, yeah. you get slower, you can't get hurt as much. That's why I want to be race car driver because race racing is adrenaline all day. But when you crash, you fucking barely get hurt in the cage in a roll cage. Man, I've done crashes where I was like, I rolled off the track, hit the K rail, and flew off in the air, and I was fine. How's oh my that? God. You know. 
racing is where it's at. It just costs so, so much money. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an expensive uh, endeavor. But do you feel like, again, Archie and I are in a band. It, it's it's like putting yourself out there on a stage, you know, so the adrenaline flows. And then, like, you box, you you have MMA fights, you race. Like, like do you feel like you need to have that adrenaline fill to like to be happy you know or, or to feel fulfilled um i mean it doesn't have to be as intense as i'm always in a band or i'm always racing cars or i'm always fighting when you're somebody like me that just walks around day to day acting the way i do and being involved with the things i'm involved with it's only a matter of time before shit gets sketchy and you get an adrenaline rush you know what i mean like i don't know what's going to happen this weekend but i bet you i do something a little bit silly and it's close like I, even getting a sports car and just fucking dropping you know what i mean backing it up around a corner or whatever that's that's enough to get you through the day i'm, I'm saying but even even like like hosting a radio show every day like yeah. that has to get your adrenaline going. Like, like, like you're you're just again. Not all the time. You do, you're putting yourself out there. No? Not all the time. Sometimes uh, shit gets stressful. Days get weird. Work gets weird. Working with people gets weird. And you couldn't think of anything else but uh, not being there. Fifteen years, dude. I've had bad days. To me, that's what makes like if, if I would say anything about like radio ability is I've had days where I was like, I'll fucking kill anybody. I'll kill myself, and I was on the radio for four hours, and you didn't know. Yeah, that's pro. I mean, that's how much that prep happen all the time, but it has happened. How much prep? Is there any prep at all? Like going into your radio show, you know, you're going in tomorrow. Do you do you, do you go on Yahoo? Do you, do you, do you get the latest article? Do you do? You, is there any anything you do prep wise that you know you're going into? I mean, I look on social media. If something comes up that I know uh, those guys aren't going to bring up, then I'll yeah. send it to them. Or if I find something, sometimes if I'm like really high, you know, I mean, I'll have an idea and I'll write it down on my phone and then I'll start to like riff on that at the start yeah. of the show. Or uh, it really depends on like, cause I, I really don't like people prepping the show. I feel like the more organized the producers and doing this and doing that, I felt like that kind of took away from the show to me. Like I felt like, my show was good because I can talk for 45 minutes about absolutely anything and you never know where it's going to go. And that's the whole point of it. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a game show. It's not a set thing. Like, Oh, now it's time for fucking wacky news, you know? Like, yeah. Now so there's, there's parts of it where I never want it polished, but yeah, yeah, they have bad days. And that's to me, that's the, when you have bad days, you want shit to fall back on. When people don't come through, you want a planned show to fall back on. And that's when having a team that's prepped is handy. So to me, if I like when I did the show and I knew if I know no one's going to be here, then yeah, I'll prep a show. I'll just make up a bunch of bits for the show. Uh, I'll make a bunch. Cause it's to me, it's you find topics. If I know that there's a topic that will make people want to listen and that it's something you can riff on. Yeah. I, I at least have that ear where I, I'm like, Oh, that will, that's 40 minutes. Just just that alone. Or if I talk about this and this, that'll bring something. Or if I see like some new fucking surfboard and it fucking sucks, shark snakes have two dicks, you know, like things like, I'm like, Oh shit, that's going to be good for the show. Like little things like that, that I'll, that I'll keep in there. Yeah. But sometimes the best show I've ever done is I have no idea what I'm going to do. 
and then things just come flying out of there. So it just kind of both. But it, it really depends on if the show's stacked. Then, because I get a, a thing on what the show's going to be for the day. If the show's stacked, then I won't even bother because we've got to get to it. Yeah. yeah if I yeah, start yeah. wanking on about my fucking, you know what I mean? Some dream I had last night. <laughs> It's gonna. <laughs> we're never gonna get to anything. Now, Sorry. where where are you taking the Jason podcast to? Mm. Now that's a baby in its, its infancy, correct? Yeah, wrong. yeah. So I've only done two episodes. I was gonna do another one tonight, but I'll do it tomorrow. But I'm just talking to some people that listen to the show and have listened for a long time. Okay. I feel like the first episode to me was more of uh, you know what I sort of thought what was what would be something that I could offer to anybody? Cause if you don't have enough money for serious, you know, what is the point of doing a podcast to me anymore? Cause I already get paid a lot of money. I don't need to do shit. I don't want to fucking sponsor. How about that? Like, I don't give a fuck about what you yeah. want to I just want to do the show. Yep. But I only want to do it if I really want to do it. Cause if it, if I don't really want to do it, it won't be very good. So I felt like the first one was more like life experiences that I've had. If I could tell the story and tell you that there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel because of some of these stories and it's not a story, it's living proof, it's factual, I've lived this and I'm not the most educated, I'm not the most advanced, I'm not the most athletic and all these things that I've conquered from a certain mindset, then I wanna do a show that's a little bit like that where I think about old stories that are entertaining but also the moral of the story is dickheads can do it. Anybody can do it. And then I thought that sort of triggered into people that listen to the show that have been, like I said at the start of this podcast, have been triggered by things that I've said on the radio. Yeah. have changed their lives in like drastic ways. Like, so the first show has Jen on. And I didn't know this. She might have told me. I'm so brain dead, but she, I don't think she did. But she was saying that she she went to one Alice Mania, and then she was going to go to one more and then kill herself. Oh, okay. Because okay. life had given her such a fucking shit go. Oh my god! The first Alice Mania was so much fun. Why not experience that one more time before I fucking kill myself? Because this place sucks. And then, then everybody fell in love with Jen and she got this whole community of people that are accepting to her because in her life, nobody was because, you know, she's a tomboy, gay, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're different. You get fucked with. So, but just to know, that's why I bring up the gay thing a lot too, because it's just, just to know that some people are like, you know what? It sucks so much to be me that I'd rather die. And I'm like, I've had days where I've thought about it. I've never like pointed it at my face or anything, but I've definitely had days where I thought about doing stuff like that. And if I can, even if it's not real, if you just believe what I believe enough to not think about killing yourself, I feel like I'm really doing something that I never thought. I I mean, it's way past adrenaline. You know what I mean? You're like, you're like, wait a minute, my fucking legitimately helping someone get out of some shit. So now I just want to do stories that I have that I remember and then talk to people that have listened to the show that I 
also have spent too much time being a fucking rock star over here talking about myself and not really got to know some of the people that have been in this thing, like fighting, they've had fights and fucking married people or whatever from watching, listening to the show. Yeah, I think think that's fantastic. I think that, you know, helping people like that. And like you said, I I, I think you don't realize that. You don't realize what what you may mean to people, you know, and what they're going through and what they're thinking. And like you mentioned, Ellis Mania. How How did that start? What was your thought behind that? I mean, Ellis Mania is from me going to Team Quest, doing an MMA fight, cutting weight. I remember um, staying in a one-bedroom apartment in Santa Monica, and I had Devin and Tiger was about wait. No, he was born after it, yeah, because he was in he was in Andrea's stomach, so it was just Devin. But we had a one-bedroom apartment in Santa Monica, and. I knew nothing about cutting weight and all this shit. And it was a real fight. It was a real pro MMA fight. And I remember running in the morning, starving, like starving, like people don't understand. People don't understand. You think you've had a diet. You think you've lost some calories or you went on a fucking run. You don't know what it's like to like get in crazy shape and then starve yourself on top of that. And then I'm running in the morning and I see people in a breakfast place smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. And I got a fucking uh, hoodie on, pulled down. I got fucking phones in my ears, playing some fucking machine head or whatever. And I'm thinking about fucking killing somebody, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking about act, like, act, like all the shit that I've been through the last three months. I felt like I was invincible, but I was, you know, I mean, but I, it was a mindset that I'd never been in before. A dangerous mindset, but a dangerous mindset in a professional, like I didn't want to go to a bar and headbutt anybody. I yeah. was like, I want to be put to the test right now. I've, I've mentally been talking to myself for three months. It has changed. Like these people that I used to look at as normal human beings in the window, smoking a cigarette to me now seems so inferior. And so I'm, I've, I've so much confidence I got from this camp. Even if I had lost the fight, it wasn't about the fight. I mean, that's another thing entirely separate. It was the training, knowing that it's an organized fight, not like somebody punches you and you go, what? And now you're fighting. It was, no, dude, in three months, I'll see you. And you're like, yeah. from three months on, we talk to each other about this fight. It's fucking nerve wracking. So I thought, I talked about it on the radio and I was like, why don't I give fans, because I started getting fans, the opportunity to feel the same way. Obviously, having a mixed martial arts fight and cutting 20 pounds, that's asking a little too much. But what if I just said, get yourself in shape, and, and in two months from now, we'll all meet at my gym and we'll box each other. So I did, and I tried to make it in funny ways, because if I made it funny, then it'd be less about hurting each other. And then that just became, and because we're fucking on the radio high for four hours a day, I was like, what if he fucking tied your arm to your ass and punched him? So, yeah, that's, that's how all those, so much time on the radio that you, in, then we, then all of a sudden, I'm, by the second one, I was like, okay, I just want to, I just want to keep doing these because I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my entire life. Like when you're there 
and the, and yeah. some of the accidental inventions go go well. Like I remember the electric collar thing, and we had an electric mat on the ground. So sometimes if they stood on the mat, it would electrocute their foot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, but you know, I was like, I couldn't talk. I was like. And then everybody, I didn't even know everybody. Every, there was like 50 people laughing hysterically. And like, that is addictive. Like that made me just want to do them all the time. And you've what, you've done, you, you've done 19 of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you started getting bigger guests too. Yeah. Musicians. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah. That was more of an accident at first. That was Will talking to knowing some record label guys and convincing them to have I think Slash was really the biggest one. I know Eric Everlast when he came on was big. See that? See that to me is more of a, a an accomplishment. Eric didn't like me. Like when Eric Everlast came on, he was like, "I don't know this fucking guy." And I knew Everlast. I liked Everlast more than Eminem. I was really into him. And this was years later, and I could watch. Like I started saying stuff, he started laughing. He was like, "You know what? I like this cat." And now I have like now we're fucking best friends and that's just from you know the the way is that's a little bit of a hollywood thing you know what i mean because like, i wouldn't have had that chance if it wasn't for being for your, you know, yeah for your success radio show where he he had to he had to fucking listen to me there was nobody yeah. else in the room but little things like that they're the, they're the best one I'm talking to ozzy shit like that you know you're fucking talking to ozzy good friends with everlast shit like this i couldn't even imagine if happening happening to me like that's so cool it is cool but it's also they're just people too you know you forget that sometimes and it's not that it's not like if you do talk to ozzy or you don't talk to ozzy makes you a winner or a loser you know no but better story and i was gonna do it i was gonna make it anyway i was gonna make it um, that's yeah. I, that's what I wanted to do. It would have been better if I wanted to be like some fucking yoga instructor and find myself. That would have been a better achievement, but I haven't yeah. figured out how to be interested in that. They seem pretty at peace with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mash question. Uh, obviously, you're still into MMA. Who's your favorite MMA fighter right now? Probably Darren Till. Yeah, he had just just had a just had a really good fight. Yeah, it was it was a good uh, definitely good accounting for himself for sure. Yeah, I've always liked. Um, usually, not the best guy. I usually, like the guy with the best style. For sure, I think even in this last fight, and I watched it, and I'm a fan of his as well. Even with a loss, I feel like his stock went up. You know what I mean? Because I mean, he handled it well. He got his knee blown out, so that's a really yeah. good excuse. And he's exciting. Like if you and, and if you get a fighter that's going to stand with him, it's it's going to be a fight of the night. For sure. And it's just the best start, the best, just base, his basic fundamentals, the way he moves in and out is fucking sick. It's yeah. sick. Watch it all day. Like you said, what was it? What, what did they say? A torn MCL he has, I believe. Uh, yeah, same as me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm man. That, that's, me. that's, that's, um, don't know how he felt like that, but that's, that was definitely a great fight. So before we let you go, I want to talk to you about your appearances on the Howard Stern show. Like that's, that, that's gotta be like, all right, this is, this, I mean, to me, of all the things you've accomplished and, and you've accomplished a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. Like that's gotta be, that's pretty, gotta be much, pretty much the highest profile thing you've done. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. I think, um, what was it? The first one was real good, but I think the one where I put the nipple clamps on my dick and balls and, 
and uh, George took them off. I think that was the that was the, the biggest accomplishment in my life, which is a little bit sad now saying that out loud. <laughs> That's the greatest achievement of my career. Man. Well, well, what I what I enjoyed from the Howard Stern show is that, Howard you, said, that you said you said sorry for getting an echo. I hear an echo. I heard you say I, I, I am, am the future of radio. Who are you going to pass the flame to? So my, my question is. How do you feel right now? How far you've gotten and how far you have to go? I'm not the future of radio. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to ask more fucking questions, bro. I'm done now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not. You know, I think I think the future of radio is Joe Rogan. (laughs) Yo, that motherfucker is killing it. Right. So I was off a little bit, but, um, I also, I kind of realized that I didn't, that things transitioned when things got really good. I started to feel like I didn't want to be around that, you know, like there were times there where I was kind of hanging out in scenes where everybody was really famous and I just didn't really feel comfortable and it was only so many days so many hours that I could hold the front before I just sort of snuck off and went back to the people that I know yeah you gotta you gotta know who you are you know and that's yeah I wanted I thought being really famous would make me happy but yeah um, yeah yeah it turns out like I don't I don't even really want to be an Aerosmith that's how like I don't I don't want to I don't. I don't like. Do I want to go to Aerosmith's house or do I want to go home? I want to go home. Neither. So what, 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 what makes if I happen? went, I would go to tell you that I went there, and I don't. I don't want to live my life. I just. Don't, I don't like it. I don't really like really famous people. I feel like really famous people are only about themselves. They can barely hear what you're saying, and I ha- obviously have that in me. But I think there's levels of it, and I think there's a certain level where I just go, "Fuck, you know what?" I remember like these other guys that I used to talk to that are like a little bit more. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. It's bullshit. I'm trying to fucking pretend to fucking be here, but I'm not. I don't. Your shit doesn't fucking interest me. Like the way you yeah, look at things yeah. is fucking offensive. I can't well, hang out with you. to us and fucking and my wife. There you go. That's it. I think. Uh, I think uh, porn stars. <laughs> I can sp- I can speak to Rocco Rocco by saying like like uh, you're a down to earth dude and we really appreciate you know your honesty and and coming on our show and, and giving giving us a little bit of your time and hopefully we can meet up maybe in the New York New Jersey area have a drink one day and yeah if we're ever allowed to fucking go anywhere again sure. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So bad. Yeah, right. dude, no worries. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I echo Archie's sentiments. You're a modern day Renaissance man, and we're fans, and we appreciate you giving us your time, brother. Cheers, man. It's all good, bro. Wait a minute. Later, guys. Later. Later. Woo-wee. I'm not country. Don't ask me where that came from. But that interview was dope. That was That was a lot of fun. And I'm going to tell you why. Not only is he interesting, off the wall, crazy, tells you how it fucking is, but Rocco and I did that 
in a blackout, a New Jersey blackout, that storm that came through, Storm Zais. Don't know if I said that right. Don't care if I did. But we did that interview via Zoom on our phones. Rocco and I both said we're not fucking canceling. So it is what it is. But we were so happy that Jason Ellis gave us a little bit of his time. And we had a great time at that little tequila shooting the shit with him. Great time. So with that being said, Rocco, you little bastard, anything, anything you would like to say to the people. If you're bitching and swearing and your temper is flaring and now everyone's staring because you're definitely a Karen. And you're listening to Not These Two Fucking Guys podcast. We out.